0: When you already work in a creative profession, making the leap to become an interior designer may be easier than you think. Today we interview Natasha Burton, who made the move from being a visual merchandiser to an interior designer, and she's smashing it. Let's find out more. Welcome to the Hubcast, brought to you by the Interior Designers Hub, where we help and support interior designers to get trained, get into the industry and to grow wildly successful businesses. If you want to work in the field you love, create the lifestyle you desire and make the money you truly deserve, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Kate Hatherall. Let's get into it. I am super excited today to welcome Natasha Burton to the Hubcast. Hi, Natasha. Good morning. How are you? I'm good,
1: thanks, Kate. How are
0: you? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you. Really pleased that you could come here today um, on what is probably one of the hottest days of the year, is it not?
1: Yes, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) Amazing.
0: (laughs) So um, obviously, we want to talk um, to you today about you, yourself, your business and how you got into the industry. Can you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, your business? Where are you based? What's the business called and so on?
1: Sure. So I'm based in um, Ipswich in Suffolk. Uh, so it's just kind of the Suffolk-Essex border um, called NB Interiors UK. Uh, and I've been running my business now for probably about five and a half years Um In total, I specialise in residential interiors covering Suffolk and parts of Essex as well. What type of design do you do? So it's residential. Do you have a particular design
0: style or do you tend to be led by what the client wants?
1: Um, I'd say... Obviously, I'm led by sort of clients, but I tend to kind of get clients that come to me because of my design style. So um, quite big on colour and sort of the impact it can have on sort of how people feel in spaces and how it can transform um, people's homes. It doesn't have to be crazy bold colour. It can be even sort of picking out sort of really good neutrals and textures um, and but quite sort of modern and contemporary. Um, I'd say it's kind of how I would describe my design style.
0: Brilliant. And is um, interior design something that you've always been passionate about or is it something that you sort of discovered later on?
1: I'd say I've discovered later on. I always kind of enjoyed, you know, when my parents decorated my bedroom, I love going out and picking I mean, I'm mortified now. I think I had purple and green wallpaper. And yeah, so i was always kind of had some kind of interest. But um, no, it kind of led on from my previous career. Um, and it's when I had children that I kind of really thought about what I was doing and what I wanted to do going forward. So, yeah, a slow burn, I would say. And what did you do
0: previously?
1: So I... Once I left uni, you know, I worked in retail and got into the visual merchandising side of things. Moved down to London and worked at head office for various sort of retailers, and um, used to ended up kind of being a creative manager, so designing window schemes for um, retailers. So it w- felt quite a natural progression um, because I had a lot of the sort of skill base that you use as an interior designer. Because um, I was working with colour palettes, budgets, clients, so. Yeah it wasn't a million miles away from what I'm doing so I feel like my career kind of led me to where I am today.
0: Yeah there are so many crossovers aren't there in other areas of creativity um and I can see how you could bring you know that from from one skill set across into interior design. So just for people that may not be sort of familiar with visual merchandising can you explain a little bit about what that involves?
1: Yeah, so we, um, that would be how a shop looks to a, a customer. So it's making sure your window displays are on brand, um coming up with the guidelines as well, so specifying exactly what needs to be on mannequins, installing window schemes, and then the shop floor is looking at the layouts, um, customer journey. Obviously, then merchandising the stock into packages, color themes, um, and obviously visual displays and being commercial with it as well. So. Yeah, lots of things that actually naturally transfer into kind of the interior world.
0: Yeah, there are huge crossovers there, aren't there? Planning with, yeah. with colour theory, I guess you have to think about line and shape and pattern and all of those sorts of things that is so relevant to interior design as well.
1: And I think it was always something mm-hmm. when you walked into a store and it it Obviously, um, you know, looked a bit maybe dishevelled, for example, and it's just that joy of transforming it, and then it looked visually exciting. So I kind of that's sort of how I feel with spaces as well. When you go into a room and you can see why, you know, you're kind of called upon to help, and then it's seen the transformation. It's just that I've always enjoyed that experience, that journey.
0: Yeah, the kind of and the big reveal at the end as well, when it all comes together, is an amazing feeling, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. So was there a kind of a key moment that you suddenly realised that, ah, it's interior design, this is the direction that you want to move in? Or do you think it was just a a gradual sort of realisation that this was an area that you wanted to work in?
1: It was gradual. I think retail kind of slowly over the years um, wasn't the same place. Obviously, it never really kind of recovered from the recession. Um, Visual merchandising was always the department that got blamed if sales were low um, and obviously budgets were always cut from there. So it became an area that just wasn't quite the same anymore. um, And... I don't think some of the retailers were moving as fast as they should do in terms of how the consumer were using sort of stores and online and um, so it got me thinking you know I, I kind of really enjoyed the creativity and I was trying to obviously think about what you know where, what avenue could I take and it was only when I um, became pregnant with my first child I kind of really sat down and had <laughs> a chat with myself and thought what will I do long term because um, kind of my whole life changed moved out of London obviously moved out to Suffolk and so, yeah, I had some big decisions to make. But, yeah, it kind of was naturally sort of in my mind, I think, for a few years leading up to to that moment.
0: And did you decide to study interior design or did you feel that with, with the experience that you'd had and the training in visual merchandising that you had sort of enough to make that transition?
1: No I did study so I was crazy while I was on maternity leave every time my child had a nap I was studying doing my diploma um but I kind of thought I've got this time off and <laughs> um, made the most of it and yeah I kind of completed my diploma um, went back to work short term until we kind of moved and then slowly kind of started from there but no I felt like I needed um the kind of ground rules for interiors because you know it is different and there are things specific to interiors so the diploma kind of gave me a good insight into what I was kind of yeah needed to know and kind of give me a good starting point. Yeah brilliant and um, obviously now you
0: run your own business and I know it's very busy very successful business did you always want to run your own business or did you consider perhaps working for a studio instead of going out on your own?
1: Yeah I have, I have always wanted to kind of work for myself and I think the idea of having children and having the flexibility um, was kind of really sort of attractive to me as well and um, I do miss the fact of not having worked for a design studio because I do feel like I've had to kind of learn probably the harder way um, because you've got nothing to measure against you know how do other studios operate so in that sense looking back probably would have been nicer to have done a stint at a studio before but it's still, I've still managed to get where I am, just probably slightly harder route. (laughs) Absolutely. absolutely. And um, so that, um, obviously,
0: all of the experience that you brought, not just from the design and the creative side of things, but also your business experience there as well, you know, dealing with the commercial aspects of your visual merchandising role would have been applicable to running a business as well in some ways.
1: Yeah, because I used to manage budgets as well for the visual merchandising team. So, you know, I've kind of... had a lot of skills transferable it was just kind of getting my head into how does this then operate in terms of the business um obviously the whole business side of marketing yourself that was a completely new area so I've tried to kind of learn bits and pieces along the way for that because I think that's a whole separate entity of selling yourself um
0: absolutely yeah and I think many
1: people don't realize that it's not enough to
0: be a great interior designer you also have to be great at you know marketing or at least you know begin to get great at marketing because it's half the battle is actually getting the customers through the door in the first place
1: yeah definitely so yeah I think that's been the toughest lesson absolutely okay
0: and did you have any um kind of fears or worries about either transitioning into interior design or setting up your own business was there anything that sort of worried you or held you
1: back um I, it didn't hold me back necessarily but i just had no idea whether it would work i was like will i get any clients will anyone like me will i be any good so i had absolutely every fear under the sun but i was in a position where i'd left my career i thought well i've got nothing to lose so if it doesn't work i've tried and if it does work then great so Yeah, no, I did have all the fears, but I think I just kind of squashed them down and just gave it a go, Um, which I know is easier said than done. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. When you're on the other side of it, it's kind of easy to look back and say, yeah, I just got on with it. But actually, when you're on the other side of it and you're facing it, you know, you're looking up that big mountain, seeing where you want to be. But then actually having to take action when you're feeling frightened of it is a different thing altogether, isn't it?
1: Oh, definitely. And you know, there's designers that I still look up to now and find really aspirational and inspirational and um you know, there's days when I thought, oh, I can't do this, I want to give up, but it's it's your mindset of thinking, well, this is what I want to do, surely, you know, if these are the people who are doing it that it is possible. So yeah, it's it's not been an easy journey, absolutely. Um, lots of highs and lows, but I think it comes down to sort of determination and And just you know if you come up against something then working your way around that so yeah it absolutely i think everyone has the fear it's kind of learning to get over that and, and or manage it and kind of take the plunge yeah
0: absolutely and sort of push through it and um you know and and realize that you can do it did you find that um it's sort of as you began to get clients and as you began to have projects that went well and were successful did that help to build your confidence?
1: Yeah absolutely I remember getting my sort uh, first photos back and just feeling like oh my gosh I've, I've done my first proper project I've got really nice images and that kind of spurs you on um, and you know it, it doesn't snowball it takes time and then you know obviously that helps get the next clients and when you've kind of done those few projects and got them under your belt, you start thinking, yeah, maybe I can do this. And yeah. um, and then obviously you get asking, obviously it's a big thing to ask and it's always nerve wracking, but asking for reviews because that's the only way you get any proper feedback. And that kind of starts to then give you some confidence that you're kind of going in the right direction.
0: Yeah. And now that you are where you are and you've kind of, you've, you've done it now. I mean, I'm sure you've got aspirations to you know move in different directions and, and grow things. Um, but, kind of looking back on what you thought it was going to be like is it as you expected and are you pleased are you glad that you did it
1: definitely glad i did it um it's not easy i think it's very hard um it always seems to be so much more glamorous from the outside but you know working within the business it's you know the amount of time you actually design versus all the admin business side of thing um i think i kind of underestimated that initially but no, I, I, I think I, I can't see what else I would ever do now that I'm doing this.
0: Amazing. So it's kind of, that's it. You found your thing, job for life um, and loving what you're Hopefully. doing.
1: Hopefully. <laughs> All okay. being well.
0: And if you were to um, go back in time and you could speak to your younger self um, and give yourself some advice about this journey that you were about to embark upon, what would you want to tell that younger self?
1: Um, maybe better planning. Um, I kind of just dived in I didn't kind of think about sort of the business side of things so I think in the early days when work was slower maybe I could have worked more on how does the business operate and kind of have sort of things in place so when work picked up it kind of caught me off guard so I felt like I was kind of going back a few steps thinking okay how do I run this process that process so I think I did go into it very sort of naively um But then I think if I'd have thought about it more, maybe I wouldn't have done it. So it's one of these catch 22. Um, But yeah, I think I would have done a lot more sort of business research and understand sort of how how does a successful interior business work? And maybe have used downtime to have put sort of things in place, maybe.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Um, And I mean, you know, as you say, in spite of not having done that, you've still got to where you are today. And there's definitely more than one way to do it, isn't there? It doesn't have to be, you know,
1: it is about starting, isn't it, and and taking action. Yeah, and, you know, I don't think anyone ever knows exactly what to do when you start your own business anyway. So a lot of it is learning on the job and as you go through things and as you get more and more experience. I remember, you know, going for those sort of first design meetings feeling absolutely terrified and having my questions printed so I didn't forget but now you know that's ingrained and that I don't worry about that there's other things I kind of worry more about um so yeah it's just things come with experience but yeah I think you could easily talk yourself out of things if you if you wanted to (laughs)
0: Yeah. And I, I I totally relate to that as well. I remember kind of my first client consultation and I was, you know, kind of shaking and thinking, oh, my goodness, they're going to ask me all sorts of difficult questions. I'm not going to know the answers to them. Um, but actually, once you get through it and you've done it a few times, then, like you say, that just doesn't become a worry anymore. And you sort of look back on it and think, what was I worried about? Actually, it's fine. But you kind of
1: have to go through that in order to know it. You do. And I think even when you start a new job, it's that terror sort of feeling. You think, I don't know anybody there. What is the job? Can I do the job? So it's the same kind of feeling. But when you're on your own, I feel it's a lot more heightened. But yeah, once you kind of get into the flow, and again, it's just time experience. It all starts to feel kind of like your normal job. So it becomes easier. (laughs) And um, how did
0: you um, start getting those kind of first few clients? Was it family and friends or was it through marketing activity?
1: um it was through um yeah family and friends so I did some things for free it you know I was really fortunate with who I knew so my friend's husband was a chartered surveyor so he pulled me on some projects just for free just kind of specking things like lighting colors not even furniture but just kind of got, gave me the sort of taster for the process um so yeah that definitely helped kind of doing those sort of initial projects
0: yeah and then um, once you'd kind of done that, and presumably that gave you a bit more confidence once you'd done those kind of free projects, um, and then how did you kind of transition into paid work from there?
1: I signed up um, to House and I do marketing through them. So the initial projects came via them. And um, just because my website was so new, so traffic was obviously really sort of slow because um, it takes time to sort of build that side up. But yeah, it came through then having to pitch for work via the leads that came through on that. Um, and then just managed to get a couple and kind of slowly built from there. Amazing. And how long do you think
0: it took you to build it up to be sort of, you know, the amount of regular work that you wanted to have?
1: Um, I think I was kind of getting to a certain place before Covid, but literally since Covid happened, my business kind of exploded. I think the demand increased everywhere anyway um and obviously you know we all know the situation you people that kind of benefited from it financially then stuck at home so that really kind of accelerated the business so mm-hmm. I'd say probably the last sort of couple of years um is when it's got really busy it was kind of a nice sort of steady pace um a bit more sort of up and down but since covid it's been very consistent Yeah, um, interestingly,
0: I mean, we also experienced that kind of huge surge during COVID as well with, uh, you know, lots of people at home. We had people wanting to learn interior design, people wanting to set up their own businesses. Perhaps they'd been furloughed or been made redundant and given a redundancy package. And um, but what surprised me is that that seems to have continued. And I would have thought that post pandemic that that would have kind of tailed off. But it seems to be, you know, maintaining quite a strong sort of, um, you know, need for, for these services
1: yeah and the same here i kept kind of waiting for a sort of dip but it seems to be con- absolutely consistent and i think you know with the housing market that a lot more people find it too expensive to move so they're renovating their properties you know extensions are happening kind of everywhere you sort of go and um, so i think people have lots of different reasons they you know making the most where they live maybe they're extending to give themselves more space I guess the pandemic took everybody off guard, and I suppose people have reevaluated how they live, obviously adding home offices, whether that be part in their home or in the garden so I think people have kind of seen their homes more as a sanctuary and probably see it more as a worthwhile investment or you know can't afford to move, so they're kind of making the most of sort of the the property they're in so yeah i I don't know when it will dip but or whether it kind of will stay like this for a while, I'm not sure but yeah, I, I, mean, I think for
0: many people, you know that moving from i mean it just changed our whole culture in many ways didn't it instead of that you know going to work every day and being out of the home a lot you know there are very few people that have gone back to working in an office full-time you know five days a week um commuting and i mean the majority of people i know have either stayed working at home or have the option to flexibly move between home and work which of course has meant that the demand for as you say home offices and things is just you know still is still there really
1: yeah, definitely. So, you know, the homes have to work that bit harder and you need the distinction if you do work from home where you have a separate space and then you have sort of the tranquility of your home where, you know, it's that kind of comfort, regardless of what's happening in the world. I think people kind of now value their homes in a, a different way of, you know, that's their sort of safe haven. Um, yeah. yeah. Absolutely
0: amazing. And
1: lucky for them to have
0: um, your business around to come and help them make that, um, you know, kind of the home of their dreams and that place that they can relax in. Amazing. Natasha, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Before we end, would you be happy to play a game of designer this or
1: that? Absolutely.
0: (laughs) I'm so pleased that people are up for playing a game. Okay, so here's how it works. I'm going to give you a choice of two different things. It's one minute and we're going to get through as many of them as we can. Um, You're not allowed to say both or neither. Um, It is one or the other. (laughs) Are you ready? Let's go. Okay, let's go. Scandi or Boho? Boho. Spots or Stripes? Spots. Maximalist or Minimalist?
1: Maximalist.
0: Dark or light? Dark. Neutral or colourful? Colourful. Blinds or curtains? Curtains. Formal or casual? Casual. New or upcycled? Upcycled. Leather or vegan leather? Vegan leather. Uh, Brand paints or colour matched? Colour matched. Far and ball or little green? Little green. Plumping cushions or karate chopping cushions? Plumping. Linen or velvet? Velvet. (laughs) Glam or rustic?
1: Rustic. Art deco or pop art? Ooh. Art deco. Tricky one.
0: (laughs) Floral or plain? Floral. And ant or deck? Ooh. uh, (laughs) Deck. (laughs) okay Natasha thank you so much for being a sport and playing my game with me today (laughs) thanks for having me (laughs) Coming on. how can people get in touch with you if somebody's listening in the local area and is thinking that's the designer for me how can they get in touch with you and your company
1: um obviously on my website my phone number's on there so mbinteriorsuk.com instagram um I'm quite active on there um so yeah probably either of those are the best way
0: amazing brilliant okay Natasha thank you so much for giving up your time today I know you're really busy so I really appreciate it no um, thanks for having me
1: and you thanks Kate
0: thank you for tuning into Hubcast by the Interior Designers Hub if you've enjoyed this podcast please take a screenshot and share it to Facebook Instagram or your favorite social media channel make sure to tag me in at Interior Designers Hub and let me know what you enjoyed about this episode I reply to each and every comment I'd also like to offer you an incredible free gift, which is going to show you the exact roadmap that you need to take to become a wildly successful interior designer. It shares our secrets to business success. If you'd like to get your hands on that, head on over to interiordesignershub.co.uk forward slash roadmap right now. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time.